0: Good afternoon, I'm Al Cresta. On this All Saints Day, learning to live like the saints we were created and called to be. Joining me right now is Matthew Kelly, one of the most effective communicators in the English-speaking world. He's founder of Dynamic Catholic, the author of many books, uh, most recently Rediscover the Saints. He's also written, of course, Four Signs of a Dynamic Catholic that we've discussed on this program a number of times. And it's great to have you back with me, Matthew. Thank you.
1: Uh, You're welcome, Al. Always good to be with you.
0: This is a book, again, brings us face-to-face with what we are created and called to be, and it also highlights uh, a discomfort that I think many of us have when we think that we are called to be saints. Saints are safe uh, for most of us because they're, they're somehow distant from us. I know we're supposed to emulate them and all that, but uh, it seems as though saints are a different breed than uh, the way most of us uh, think of ourselves. That's got to be a bit of a problem, isn't it?
1: Yeah, we do that. We put them on pedestals uh, for a couple of reasons. I think, one, yes, we admire them. But another is it does it does make them different, and it gives us an, an opt-out. It gives us permission to, to not follow their path, you know. I talked about, obviously, in the biggest line in the history of Christianity, I talked about the idea of holy moments and how if you and I can collaborate with God today to create one holy moment, that proves that holiness is possible for you and me. Mm-hmm. And what the saints did was they, they replicated that hundreds of times a day. They, they, they just kept creating holy moments. And we look back at their lives and say, "Wow, well, he lived a holy life or she lived a holy life. It isn't true. They lived a lot of holy moments.
0: And you start out the book, though, with a man who uh, you might call him the first saint. Uh, and again, it's the saint who was a thief. Tell us the story.
1: You know, I always like to start with a story. Um, <laughs> yeah, I do too. To introduce the book, it's uh, you know, it is the story of the, the the good thief, as as we call him, uh, on the cross. And and Jesus, you know, it, it, humanized obviously his story, his journey, showing that you know he was hungry as a child. You know, parents kicked him out. You know, his sort of career as a food is is essentially the story, and then he ends up encountering Jesus at different times throughout his story, and then finally on the cross, and And, and Jesus says to him, of course on the cross, uh, I promise you today, you'll be with me in paradise, mm-hmm. and so I uh, named the story the first saint, the idea of the story came from a very good friend of mine, Father Bob Sherry, you know, when I'm looking to write a book, I always like to start with a story, and I always go to a group of people and say, "Hey, I need a great story <laughs> let Let's come up with something, or if you've got something, share it with me or that sort of thing." And so you know that's the story I start the book with, and it's yeah, it's been very powerful, I think, for people. I think it's great yeah. we we need to humanize. I think one of the mistakes we make with the scriptures is. We suck all the humanity out of it. And and we don't realize the frustration the disciples would have had with Jesus at times or or vice versa. And, um, you know, whether that's, you know, in the morning when Jesus says, all right, you got no fish, go back out fishing again after they've been fishing all night. Mm -hmm. They would have been tired. They would have been frustrated. They would have been discouraged. And, you know, what they would have wanted to say to Jesus you know, it's probably, no, Jesus, we want to go home and take a nap, <laughs> you know, and, and uh, very often I think we lose that humanity when we read the scriptures, when we, yeah. we, we, we eject it or we discount it.
0: You, you point out along these same lines that the world doesn't need another Francis of Assisi. It doesn't really need another Mother Teresa or Ignatius of Loyola or Teresa of Lisseau. The world needs us as saints uh, in the distinct way that will reflect Christ, refract the light of Christ. Is this something—when I was a kid, I was raised Catholic, when I was a kid, I don't recall anybody ever giving me this impression that I was called to be a saint in as every bit of way that Mother Teresa— Of course, we didn't know about her then, but uh, St. Francis of Assisi or Ignatius of Loyola was. Do you think Catholics today have a better grasp that they are called to be saints?
1: So in The Four Signs of a Dynamic Catholic, we talk about the 7% of Catholics that are most highly engaged in America, and and the research we discovered about that 7% and the other 93%. That 7% is very aware, I think, that they are called to be saints, um, and called them live holy lives and grow in virtue. Um, and the other 93%, no, I don't, I don't think they're more aware than yeah. I was as a child or you were as a child, right. and, and that's the tragedy, right? I mean, right? The genius of Catholicism hasn't been revealed to them because this is a central, I mean, this is the goal of the Christian life. So it's like, where are we going? Without that, we, the Christian life really loses direction yep. and it really... It's like a leaky tire. It, it just mm, it just doesn't work, right, you know? Right, um, and, and, of course, how we engage them in that conversation is something we talk about all the time at Dynamic Catholic because language is very important. So, you know, one of the things I talk about in the book is my language of the best version of yourself, the idea that God has a dream for yep. you to become the best version of yourself. Right. You know, and, and that's just a different way of expressing the universal call to holiness, which yep. is obviously the central theme of Vatican II. And, but it's it's a way people, some people are able to hear it. Whereas if I talk to them about the universal call to holiness, they're not able to hear it for whatever reason. Right, right, right. Let's stop trying to work out what the reason is, and let's come up with a way to engage them.
0: Yeah, yeah, very good. Uh, you, the book is structured... Uh, uh, you refer to a lot of saints But it's important to point out This is not a, a collection of saint biographies uh, There are plenty of books like that already You're doing something different When you talk about uh, St. Augustine you know, or, or when you talk about uh, you know, St. Teresa of Avila how, uh, Let us know how, What are you doing here uh, Different than a lot of these um, Saint book collections
1: That's a great question it really is and now this is the hardest book i've ever written i've written more than 30 books this was the hardest book to write the reason is there's so many books about the saints so how do you do it in a way that is new and fresh and engaging and i really struggled with it i went through five or six concepts for the book that doesn't usually happen and you know what i ended up with was tracing the saints through my life going back to the beginning of my life i was born in St. Martha's Hospital in Sydney, Australia. You know, my um, parents, named Matthew, you know, went to this parish, that parish, this school, that saint, these sorts of things. And what I did was I traced all the saints through my life, whether I was aware of them at the time or not, and I looked at what, what were the questions they were posing to me or, or what's the question they posed to me and and what lessons were they trying to teach me at the time, or what lessons are they trying to teach me now?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: What I really want the reader to do is to have this experience and then go back and sort of do the same thing. Go through their lives and say, okay, what saints have come through my life? What saints have intersected in my life? Mm-hmm. And what were they trying to teach me? What are they trying to teach me? Um, and as I point out in the book, too many Catholics know too little about the saint that is the painter saint of their own parish, Right. and that's always a good place to start.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, very good. Uh, you also include here uh, those who are not a uh, few that are not considered quote canonized saints. Uh, tell us about those.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a great. Um, we're back to language again, right? I mean, what what the definition of a saint is. Mm-hmm. Um. It has a number of definitions, so obviously if, if you read Paul, um, and he's talking about the saints, you know, or you are saints, and, and this kind of language, he was talking about the faithful, um, and obviously they're called to be saints, and so um, in our highly evolved form of Catholicism today, we generally talk about saints as um, as those who have been canonized, Uh which is is good, um, but it is easy to forget that most saints are not canonized.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, the right. great majority of saints, the church teaches us that the church chooses a few to bring attention to the fact that, you know, this is the goal of the Christian life, this is the, the pinnacle that we, we strive for, we reach for. And so, uh, very often, you know, I mean, your grandma or your great-grandma mm-hmm god willing she's in heaven she's with the saints she's with god um probably never be a canonized thing um and so i wanted to make that point because it's i think it's important in bridging that gap that you spoke about earlier where we can tend to treat the saints as like another race or another breed or different to ourselves
0: yes yes uh- Tell us the story of one of those saints uh, from your own life and experience that uh, the rest of us are unaware of right now.
1: That's uh, a great. it's a great question. You know, there's. Um, I do talk about uh, Mother Mary McKillop, who is, yeah. is Australia's first saint, um, and, and only uh, recently canonized. Yeah,
0: a very appropriate um, saint for this time of our history, too. Yeah. I think so,
1: you know, I, I think so. Um, she had a lot of struggles as, as a woman in the church. She had a lot of struggles as a woman in society trying to to bring about real change, trying to bring education, health care, you know, etc. to the poor of, of Australia, um, and especially to women, and obviously as the founder of an order within the church which is it is never easy. Um, and at one point, the Bishop tried to to seize all the assets of the order um, and and Mother Mary McKilla, you know she she resisted um, and and was considered being disobedient to her bishop. Um, and interestingly, when the media, uh, when she was canonized a few years ago, the media completely focused on this one aspect of her life, <laughs> and of course, that was that was like mm, a few weeks in her life, and all the great work she did was um, was sort of overlooked for this, you know, sensational piece of her life where she sort of butted heads with a bishop, right? right. And um, <laughs> and so that I, I think is is one of the saints in the book that um, probably most Americans are not familiar with, right? Um, right. I agree. And, of course, being from Australia, we have great pride. That's why the Church tries to find, you know, men and women of exceptional virtue to canonize from every part of the
0: world, because we take pride in the saints that are of, of our homeland. Yeah, yeah. Um, in your own, uh, you mentioned Walter here. Tell us the story of Walter.
1: So is my eldest son. And, um, you know, interestingly, becoming a father radically altered my spirituality Um, and I would not have thought that to be possible at the time obviously I've been trying I was trying very hard to live the faith for many years before um, my older son Walter was born and but being a father you know I, I just something clicked and our image of god is so important it affects us in so many ways our spirituality in our life our relationships uh, are so affected by our image of god for whatever reason i had always believed that god loved us and that god loves me Mm -hmm. um i don't know if i picked that up at school or from my parents or from other people probably a combination of all of those things um but I'd always believed that. But when my son was born, it was, like, overwhelming. It was like, okay, hold on a minute. <laughs> I am broken. I am weak. I am limited. I am flawed. I have all these failures. And I love this little baby so much. And if I can love this much, imagine how much God can love in his perfection. Mm. And and that sort of exploded my spirituality yeah. anyway.
0: Wow. Wow. That's great. I want to thank you again for taking the time to be with me today. I know how busy you are. And uh, love, I didn't realize that you're up 30 books now. Um, That's amazing. It's a tremendous amount of uh, work that you've been able to accomplish. And uh, I want to thank you for being with me today, Matthew. How do people stay in touch with your work? Always a pleasure. Yeah.
1: Always a pleasure. DynamicCatholic.com. You know, they're doing incredible things. Great First Communion program with animation just released a few months ago. Baptism program coming out. Marriage prep program. Confirmation program. They're doing amazing things at Dynamic Catholic. It's an incredible group of people. So just encourage people to visit dynamiccatholic.com and just check out what's going on.
0: Thanks, Matthew. We'll talk again. Very welcome. Matthew Kelly is uh, author most recently of Rediscover the Saints. This is a, this is a book about saints um, that... I don't know anything quite like it. Um, It's not just, you know, these little uh, biographies of saints. This is actually how to engage with the saints, um, how your life interfaces with the saints. And uh, it has 25 questions that will change your life. I'm Al Cresta.